Hello, everybody. It's uh, another episode of True Business Stories. Mark, we're still on this wonderful journey of meeting people we've never met before, of finding out the best-kept secrets in the region, and we've got a full book coming up. It's I'm absolutely amazed how well this is going. And, and we've actually, by default, ended up sort of at Tourism Week with uh, the first recording this morning with, uh, with June. And here we are sitting in the city of Greater Geelong Old Council Chambers with Tracy Carter. Welcome, Tracy. Thanks for having me. Hello. And Tracy is the Executive Officer. Yeah, Executive Director. Executive Director, get the title right, Mm -hmm. uh, for Geelong and Bellarine Tourism, a very, very important organisation in Geelong and a very dynamic organisation. So um, I'm looking forward to our chat, Tracy. Yeah, Yeah, Mark, it's uh, pretty exciting times coming up in this region. Uh, I guess... The, um, the end of the rainbow right now is the Commonwealth Games in reality, but there's a lot of other things happening around town and the Convention Centre and uh, Avalon Airport. Now, we, Mark will be fine because his phone just went off, right? <laughs> so he now has to put money in the there charity. Was fine for that, I'm glad to hear in, that. in the charity bin. Anyway, as I was saying, it's an exciting place to be and there is so many things going to happen. We've come out of COVID. As we know, everyone's been whacked. The tourist industry in particular, the hospitality industry has suffered greatly. Uh, It's not over yet, but all we can do is look forward to the future. And and of course, with Geelong and and Bellarine Tourism, uh, some of the best-kept secrets is chatting to uh, June earlier. She deals in secrets and wouldn't tell us where these places are unless we booked a tour. But anyway, so Tracy, where did you start life? Where was school, primary school? Primary school. So um, I, it doesn't sound like it at all, but I was born in Scotland, in oh, wow. Dundee, Scotland, which is also a UNESCO city of design. So there's yep. a nice um, synergy between, you know, my hometown and, and Geelong. Uh, but we moved to Australia as a family when I was seven. So um, arrived here. My parents worked in manufacturing, which was obviously big in Geelong at that time. Um, and so, you know, we arrived here, spent a lot of time living with um, my uncle and, and his family. So it was sort of a, quite a small house with two quite, you know, boisterous families. I reflect on that and think that was just fun for me, you know, yep. cousins to play with all the time. But that must have been incredibly stressful for the adults in the house. Um, and so then out we went. So I went to Whittington Primary School, grew up in, you know, that community of, of Whittington. Um, and that was a great little place to, to start off, um, you know, connected with local sporting groups and, um, you know, played a lot of netball in the younger days and then went on to school at Matthew Flinders. So high school here in Geelong at Matthew Flinders, um, which I just adored. I think a lot of my sort of feminine ideo- ideologies, feminism sort that. of came from there. Yeah. I think that was really instilled in me. And now my daughter has just started there this year because I think that was a really important part of, you know, what formed my identity um, and, and how important feminism is and, and you know, letting women do and achieve whatever they want so to. So were you in the band that they have? <laughs> don't have a musical bow in my body, <laughs> actually. <laughs> um, so no, I wasn't, but I played in all of the sports teams and, um, and all of those sorts of things. So um, that was a fabulous school and it's a real asset to Geelong and the band certainly still is, well the known. Sweethearts, well really known. well known. Um, my daughter is a singer, so she's got you know ambitions to, to end up in that band in future. Yeah, excellent. And... So what led you into tourism? Did you what? Did you go to uni, TAFE? What was the... Yeah, it was uni. So I think, you know, towards the end of... Actually, it was that really important process in about year 10 at high school when you start to explore mm-hmm. options and you do some work experience. I, I've always loved 
communication and writing in particular. Um, so I thought, I want to be a journalist. And then I did work experience where I found that you just have to report facts, not you don't actually get to do anything fun or entertaining with well, the that, words. that's that in you, those days. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that wasn't sort of the style of communication yeah. that I liked. So then I had this idea of tourism and obviously, you know, living in Geelong and being close to the coast and um, – it, it sort of was an area that I thought was really interesting and exciting and dynamic. So, yeah, straight out of Year 12 into tourism management at RMIT, um, so four years there. Um, what's a really interesting part of my sort of professional journey is that I volunteered in the visitor centres while I was at uni. So I lowered the average age significantly, um, you know, the shifts that I was um, rostered on with, and I felt like I inherited 100 new grandparents at that time. So I was sort of 20 years old and... Um, you know, frothed well, up in the uniform. Yeah, so looking at tourism in general, because I think this organisation's over the last five, six years has had a change as well mm-hmm. and a, a higher focus just on Geelong and the Ballerine, as I understand it. Um, what are the big changes have you seen in this region as far as tourism goes? Yeah, that's a really interesting one. Yeah. You're spot on because this this organisation evolved out of the old Geelong Otway tourism, mm. which sort of included the Great Ocean Road down to yeah. about the Twelve Apostles. Um, and it, there came a point, and it was about eight years ago, where we sort of looked at each other and said, we th- there's enough in Geelong and the Ballerine to really stand alone as a destination. It's not a, pla- it's not a gateway to anywhere yeah. anymore. It's a place people genuinely will come. It's not a passing through, is it? Exactly. As yeah, yeah. The word, used to say, right? <laughs> the word gateway, oof, it still gives me, you know, the heebie-jeebies. Um, that, there's a Scottish word. <laughs> um, so you're absolutely right. So that was when it, it evolved and we sort of made a pretty big decision at the time to say this is we're evolving from Geelong Otway into mm. Tourism Greater Geelong and the Ballerine. And that meant sort of campaigning to the state government to say we should be recognised, this is a genuine destination and we should be invested in in the same way as the likes of the Mornington Peninsula and yeah. Phillip Island and those other places and that, you know, the product offer in many ways is very different in Geelong and the Ballerine to the Great Ocean Road. So um, it made good sense at that time and it still makes good sense now. Well, according to your website, there's 4.3 million visitors a year, 3.8 million visitor nights, etc., etc. So it's... I don't think people realise how much that is. And, of course... With the Tasmanian Ferry now coming here, Avalon going to get new airlines as we move forward, Mm -hmm. the ferry from Docklands Docklands. down here. Um, So what's, I guess if we just, we'll go backwards here and we'll go forward by saying, Mm -hmm. how big is this area going to be in five years' time? Yeah, in five years' time, just... Enormous. So mm. some of those, I like to, I think of it as that we're on a bit of a crest of a wave at the moment. Mm. The next few years we'll see us, you know, there's several new hotel developments on the cards, um, obviously building towards the Commonwealth Games, but at about the same time the Geelong Convention and Exhibition Centre will open. Um, now that's a really important one. The Commonwealth yeah. Games is going to be an incredible opportunity, obviously for the, you know, the pre-period, mm. for the, the time of the Games, but also that post-legacy brand um, impact of, of having Geelong on the global stage like that. 
but the convention and exhibition centre is just so critical um, for the business events market. So it's a high yielding market, but perhaps more importantly, they come at off peak and midweek times when leisure tourism is at its lowest. So that's a really critical one. So having that kind of facility to fill all of these new accommodation venues that we're building um, is really important. So you're spot on. So those those numbers, we expect them to grow. We've, we've just um, finalised a 10-year destination master plan yeah. that we expect to see those numbers sort of get up towards two billion over that 10 years wow that's well, big money isn't it yeah it is it really is and, and then and then do you think <coughs> do you think geelong per se understands that and, and the tourism market do, do they get that this is growing and yeah, the opportunity perhaps um certain area, there, i guess residents of the Bellarine have probably known for a long time that yep. there's you know there's a lot to like about that and sort of have seen um, the impacts of, of travellers and visitors. Um, I think one thing that COVID did you know there were a couple of little silver linings and one of them was it gave people an understanding and an appreciation for the visitor economy and how important it is because we all watched that industry just absolutely you know be decimated during that time and it, so everyone started to appreciate and understand how important travellers are for the types of businesses to be supported that we want to see that real diversity of of experience in our region. One of the interesting things I've noticed, Mark, is that, um, and I've been back here about six years, I guess, is just in that time is the traffic flow through Geelong is, I can't see an answer for it. And I guess this whole idea, well, it, it was a gateway or they passed through, one of the issues about people travelling further down the coast is they've really got no alternative to go around the ring road. So the challenge is, or one of the challenges, and I think your comment about more accommodation, more development, convention centre, will alleviate that, well, we'll just go bypass it. Mm. Whereas this Geelong in itself will be a destination. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah that's, that, you're spot yeah. on. That with yeah. Geelong is the reason people come and mm. they come and, and stay and, yeah, don't sort of scoot around the outside. And, and it's interesting because uh, in my little dabble in tourism yeah. for a few years with the motel, right back in the early days, it was oh, Geelong's the sort of the start of the Great Ocean Road. Mm. That was seen as the hook. Yeah. And yep. you go, well, no, it's a bit bigger than that. It is. And knowing from what I experienced on the Bellarine, that better quality accommodation is what's still missing, I think, now. There's, there's the, the motel's changed that I had. Yeah. Um, you've still got Lonsdale Spa, yeah, Lons, which is fa- great. Lons, yep. Lons, which is fantastic um, business, at it. but there's nothing else if you yeah. want to get that more upmarket feel. So there's still huge opportunities, I would say. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think um, the accommodation development at Kerr Lewis Golf Club was it's a really good. important one, yep. for, just for a critical mass. There's yep. a, you know a, a bulk of of beds there, um, but that master plan, the destination master plan I was talking about, was it talked about things like a five star hotel in Geelong, so that would make a, a big difference for people that you know travel that way not this little but but certain people that's that's how they go Um, but we spoke a lot about things like experiential accommodation where it's not just a bed or a room but the accommodation is part of the experience Mm -hmm. Um, so things like not that necessarily we're wanting farm stays but you know the kind of experience where people are saying this is actually part of the whole package and the reason I'm coming is right here at the, the place that I'm staying so there are some real opportunities. Yeah, and it's interesting because a number of the wineries have started to pop accommodation. Like um, Kaluas Golf Club, great, great yep. opportunity, great mm. accommodation. Mm. They've got the restaurant there that all works as an experience. Play golf, eat, fantastic. Mm. Um, 
but there's a lot of the wineries are starting to dabble in it. Yeah. But it's again that experience is right, isn't it? It's, it is. It's, it, you not only turn up and have a wine sampling, but you can stay there, good food. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The likes of um, McGlashan's in yep. um, and which is now Farm Dog Brewing, that you know there's four luxury eco cabins right there like you know the the vines stop and the the cabin starts yeah. so those sorts of now there's only four of them so it's quite yeah. you know exclusive um and that's part of the experience and, as well so and it doesn't mean you have to go to the barossa to experience that absolutely it's here. not it's here well yeah. yeah the barossa wine wise i think the barossa has built that reputation for that particular segment but as we were talking to june o'brien this morning on our podcast and she does wine tours. Yeah. She was, I guess, highlighted and woke our eyes up to all the proliferation of really good wineries and vineyards in this region. Mm-hmm. And not just the big boys, but little, you know, uh, 20-acre plots. And one guy she told us about, you know, the his restaurant, <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he seats only 12 or 20 yeah. people. Yeah. It's that unique experience. Yeah. And yeah. I think there's a lot of that. Mark and I have this favourite saying that we're interviewing the best-kept secrets in Geelong. Well, what we heard this morning was a lot of these wineries are the best-kept secrets. And I guess they will just continue to grow. And as these bigger uh, events in the convention centre and uh, other big venues start to establish here... The demand to get out and see what's going on is just going to grow. It absolutely yeah, will, yeah. and people are willing to pay for those really bespoke, yeah. you know, unique experiences. Um, one of the markets I was talking about business events, but incentives and particularly international incentives out of Southeast Asia is a market that we're really chasing at the moment. So saying that's, I won't say money can't buy because money absolutely can buy them, but what we're trying to frame is those sort of reward experience for sort of high achieving executives that we're bringing them out in groups and they're doing things that, you know, aren't available to the general public and, you know, it's a high yielding market, it's very niche, but we've got the sorts of businesses here that can deliver those types of Have you got any early signs of the effect of the Tassie Ferry now um, birthing in Geelong? Yeah, we're about we're just a little over six months and it had sort of been anecdotal yeah. where we could say in the, the very early couple of months that, you know, the low-cost accommodation um, site in Geelong is at the showgrounds and they were up 500%, like just in the first few weeks. Is this for caravans and things like that? For caravans, so that's campers. Now then it was explained to me that that's actually peak season. So that started in October. So October, November is peak season for Tasmanian grey nomads (laughs) coming home. And so that's why that was a real peak season for caravanning. Um, But even anecdotally, we see it just around town. There are, you can just see yesterday at the front of city hall here i saw a few people who looked a bit lost and i said and it's funny how often that happens to me as a tourism person but you know are you guys okay can i help and they said oh we're going on the ferry a bit later today what should we do in the meantime but one so it's been a bit anecdotal even through our visitor centers as well but we just did some figures earlier in the week so um tasmanian spend in geelong since the the ferry started has doubled Mm. it's good yeah and and again Best kept secrets, you know, it, it drifts into Geelong. The ferry guys are doing a great job of, of doing that now in Geelong and running their ads mm. so they show that link. Yes. It's what you want them to do is when they drive off that ferry, they go left. And spend some time. And spend yeah. some time down yeah. here. That'll be real. And this is an aside, it bugs me. There's no signage when you leave Geelong telling you where the ferry is. Oh, 
In in terms of on the where to turn off to go down to the ferry terminal, there's plenty coming down from Melbourne. Yeah, there's one. We've had some feedback. There's one. You know that sort of um, I don't know what the the road's called, but it's sort of that Vietnam Vets Avenue of Honor. There's one there, but there's there's a bit of a trick because people think they have to turn right, but they actually have to veer left. left, Yeah, and so that's catching a few people out. So there needs to be some adjustments. Things things to learn about. (laughs) So. With with the there's been a lot of discussion about hotel rooms quantities in Geelong, and I know that that's growing mm-hmm. and getting it with new hotels. On, but yep. where where do you see that reaching? Is that when when's capacity, if you like? Uh, so we that as I said that master plan we're seeing yep. we think there's about two thousand about two and a half thousand extra rooms needed to sort of meet. The way we see demand over the growing. next five years, over the next that's ten, 10 years. years. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so the the Commonwealth Games is a pretty imminent deadline yep. for some yep. of that. But as I said, it's the it's really you know the ongoing link to leisure travel and the convention centre um, and business events travel in general that will see them filled beyond you know the last awarding of, of a Commonwealth so Medal. As an organisation, I guess, and the experience that people have when they go and visit places for the first time. Uh, sure, it's the venue and it's what they're offering. A lot of it is about the way they're treated and the staff mm-hmm. and their customer service. Mm-hmm. So as an organisation, have you got any plans to address that issue of we've got to make sure that one of our competitive advantages is superior customer service? So what are you doing there? Yeah, it's definitely always been in our strategy, yeah. but that master plan that we've just developed and we've never probably gone as hard at workforce as we have now because everyone's challenged. No one, you know, there's not enough staff to fill all the roles. Um, so there's definite focus on that in terms of supporting the industry to be at their best, you know, working with education institutions on meeting the needs of the industry um, because you're spot on. That's It's tourism's a people industry and that's why most people get into the job because they they love it it's not no one's making a billion dollars in tourism so people are in it because they you know they enjoy the the people aspect of it so getting the right people providing the right sort of avenues to training as well um that's absolutely in our strategies so what um with with your what sort of things you offer your members? So you can join as a member. So, yes. so what's your levels of mem- membership to, yeah. to get involved? Yeah. Um, look, it starts at about oh, $80 or $90 a quarter for a small business. So there's sort of, you know, that's that's get involved, get um, a bit of profile and, and come along to our training sessions that we offer. Um Actually, there's a there's a level below that. There's a free level, so people can subscribe to just you know get involved get in our info. communications. So yeah. you know, um, and even next week we're having a um, our conference, an annual conference. So there's just subscribers can come to that. It's just a different rate from the member rate, um, and then there's a higher level of membership, which is also you know a greater degree of marketing, a bit more feature and profile and different things that we do, and that one's about 175 a quarter. Um, so you know, it's it's we think it's we try to keep it affordable. We actually we we see the opportunity of of engaging small hospitality businesses, even retail, and some of those kind of sectors that are really important to the visitor experience, but may not necessarily see themselves in tourism. We yep. think we have a lot to offer those types of businesses in terms of everyone sort of growing and all the boats you know rising on the tide. Would would you know how many tourism actual businesses exist in Geelong and Bellarine? Have you got those sort? 
sort of numbers? It's hard to say. Like in terms of hospitality, there's it's, it's over there's over a thousand, but some of them are sort of you know a canteen or yeah. a, you know yeah. maybe not quite. There's definitely there's an opportunity for us to. So we've got nine hundred businesses engaged at the moment. You know, with if if we had endless resources to invest in just recruitment, we could double that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because it, it's, it's important to, to Geelong to have a, a vibrant tourism association, for want of a better term, yeah, yep. to help drive that. The other, the other question was with the um, business events side, are you starting to see people approaching us because of the convention centre? Are, are you getting that sort of questioning when? Yes. Which who can answer the yes. date? We yeah, know yeah, it's yeah. soon. You know it's soon. Well, it's, you know, it's about the same time as the Commonwealth, Commonwealth Games. Games. So, yep. you know, um, it'll have to be ahead of that in, in order to have, you know, be open and have the mm-hmm. lights on. But our business events team, they're at a lot of trade shows and at the promotional things they go to where they're spruiking the region. I think it's the first question they're asked all the time. What can you tell us about the new centre? Um, that's, so, that's yeah. promising, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really, really is. Promising. It really that's is. Good. And I think there's still enough in the business event space because there are still a lot of other venues in Geelong. Yep. You know, you think about the hotels and um, even the stadium. They've, you know, the they're, pier. they've been rec- – <laughs> the pier. The stadium's been recognised as the best business events venue in Australia at the, you know, National Tourism Awards. Well, so, they won the Geelong Business Excellence Awards for the category last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a bit biased because I was one of the judges. <laughs> Just <laughs> down there, but yeah, they're pr- and they've also won an Australian catering award, a national catering yeah, award. Yeah, they're, they're and that's very the quality. Good. And in our podcast, we've interviewed Deb Nash at Truffle Duck, and what you know, there's a great catering Julian company Costa. and event ca- Julian Costa at the pier. There are some, uh, I guess, um, best of class people in all these areas. That's what what we're coming across all the time, isn't it? It is. But it makes a big difference. Mm. And, and again, we know them. Yeah. It's 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 people outside knowing that they're there and how to, yeah. how to get yep. involved. With and them. the you know the convention centre that the, the sorts of business that that's a thousand mm. seats. So the sorts of um, conferences that that will attract a sort of it's national association type conference, so the yeah. association of dentists or those sorts of things. But there will be a natural flow on effect to just lifting the profile of Geelong as a place to go for meetings and conferences. Um, it, it just all helps with building that brand. It'd be it'd be uh, pretty cool if you could get the Victorian Tourism Conference held down in Geelong, wouldn't it? We've had it before. We have had it at the pier. That oh, was a wow. number of years ago, but um, yeah, we have had now it. Now there's no excuse though. Once mm. the convention centre's uh, open, <laughs> is there any one signature event that is held in Geelong that you think sort of ranks number one? For me, from my perspective, it's the Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road Race. So um, in terms of the way that it's the broadcast exposure, it's the way that you actually, you know, um, people watching wherever they are in the world see so much of the beauty of our region. Um, You know, it it starts and finishes in Geelong. You just, that that in terms of, uh, for tourism, for that to brand our destination, that's that's the... Well, it's the one event where you have... Competing teams from countries all over the world, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas, you know, I think the Festival of Sales is a huge event, mm-hmm. but that's targeted at one small segment only. Mm. Whereas I, I hear what you say about the Cadell Evans event. That is a worldwide event. And when you and when you watch yeah. the um, the cycling on SBS and they do those shots. Mm. 
and you look at other countries when they tour de France mm. and so on, you go, wow, is that good? So it, it, I must admit, it is good when you watch yes. Geelong because you sit there and go, oh, where's that? Where's that angle yeah, from? Where's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, know yeah. what we've got to do, Mark? We've got to build some old medieval castles down, Freshwater, <laughs> down off Freshwater <laughs> Creek so when the helicopter goes over, they can give those. Or the hay bales spelling out words. Do we send them up the yu yangs for the hill? Yeah, So, Tracy, um, how do people get in contact with Geelong Bellarine Tourism? Yeah, so just um, we're tourism geelongbellarine.com.au is our corporate website. Um, so that's that's a great resource for, for any businesses who may be connected, even businesses who aren't necessarily in tourism. They're not delivering visitor experiences, but they're servicing the industry. So we've got, you know, lawyers and accountants and insurance brokers and all sorts of things who are affiliated with us for that connection through to the industry. So that's the best place to sort of see what it's all about and sort of see how it could benefit your business. Um, in the consumer sense, visit geelongbellerine.com.au. So we've got sort of two different channels. Yep. That's where we communicate with visitors and potential visitors. So, you know, all the beautiful photos, great video content, profiling of those 900 businesses that we, you know, that are the reason we exist, um, that we do all that through visit geelongbellerine.com.au. And Mark, oh, for once I'm going to put an advertisement in for us, right? <laughs> so that if any of those tourism operators in this Geelong Bellarine <laughs> Uh, region want to participate in the podcast and tell your story, well, please get in touch with us. Yeah, we'd love to uh, love to tell stories. Yeah. That's right. Um, and it's, I guess, how do you find us? Uh, same thing. Uh, we've got a website called smeadvisory.com.au. And, we're and we would love to do podcasts because Tracy's sort of introducing us now with this tourism segment. And I think that uh, there must be a lot of stories that would really fit well. And we yeah. want to tell those stories. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, Tracy, thank you. I love your passion. I, I've been looking forward to coming in here because I, I, your passion for Geelong, the Bellarine, the tourism is is out of this world. It's fantastic. So I wish you all success in the new role. No, thank you very much. And, th- yeah, thanks. For ha- it was great to chat to both of you. Thank you, Tracy.